Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games FM, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now, welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skipstad. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Game. This is AJ Skistad, just kicking off your Tuesday morning. We are talking today about some games we played on Monday, maybe some games that we played over the weekend and didn't get a chance to mention yet, but we got a lot of other good stuff coming at you today as well. We still want to continue our cage fight conversation on Gaia Project versus Terra Mystica. These games are very similar in nature, but a lot of people believe Gaia Project to do so much more and to far surpass Terra Mystica as far as mechanics go, uh, gameplay goes, and just overall fun, I think. Um, But what do you think? We still want to hear about that today. And finally, our topic of conversation today is going to be games that we have in our collection that we feel are underrated. I'm not talking about the Diamond in the Rough game, the game that you have that nobody else has. That's great if you have some game that's out of print that nobody else has. But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the underrated game you have in your collection. Now, this is strictly opinion-based. I mean, some people may think the game that we're going to talk about absolutely stinks. But uh, we're going to talk about games that we think are underrated and in our collection and deserve a spot in your collection as well. So stay tuned. More coming at you. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Uh, This is AJ Skipstad again. I'm going to talk about some games that I played over the weekend and or uh, yesterday, Monday. Monday night is my game group, and we finally got to the table for the first time ever. I know, I'm late to the game here. Uh, No pun intended. I'm late to the game here when I say that we played Caverna for the first time. Now, I I mentioned in a previous broadcast that I had played uh, the solo version of the game, and I had a fantastic time doing so. I thought the game was excellent. I thought even as a solo game, I was still strategizing to uh, make my best effort to get as many victory points as I could during this worker placement game. Um, Caverna is one of those games that was kind of based on Agricola. Uh, They were both made by the same designer, UA Rosenberg. And uh, a lot of people think that Caverna kind of kills Agricola, and it does so much more than Agricola does. But basically, it's a worker placement. You've got two dwarves to start. You're going to be mining your caves. You have to dig stone out to create tunnels and caverns. In those caverns, you can then uh, add furnishings that will gain you victory points or add more dwellings so that you can increase the amount of your workers. The tunnels in the caves will allow you to build mines. Mines are going to generate ore resources and ruby resources, which all can be converted to victory points in one way or another or used to benefit you throughout the game. The other side of your board is going to be um, a forest area. I believe it's a... 4 by 5 grid, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and over there you're going to be uh, tearing down the forest and adding plains and pasture land and um, fields to be harvested. There you can gain animals, you can fence in those animals to have more animals in a territory, and uh, you can also harvest crops, and the more crops you have at the end of the game, the more points you get. Um, so it's a fantastic little um, area development game as well as worker placement game. We had so much fun playing this game last night. I can't tell you how awesome it was. 
Yeah, I know. Most of you are saying we could have told you how awesome it was because we've played it since 2013. Hey, I can't get every game to the table, but that's the one we got to the table last night. On another note, we also got a cooperative game that's really old to the table. This game was actually released by Mattel originally. It was Reiner Knizia's Lord of the Rings uh, cooperative board game. I'm not talking about the living card game by Fantasy Flight. This is a board game. The components are very simplistic. There's like these little cones that mark uh, what you're doing on the board. They've got these really... uh, I don't know, simplistic boards with circular artwork to show tracks that are indicated by... It's weird. I mean, it's it's just old school in, in, in nature. And what's interesting about the game is John Howe, who did much of the artwork for many of the Tolkien books and plenty of the artwork for the movies, did the artwork for this game. So you got a great game designer and a great artist paired up here making a game and um, the gameplay is okay. It's, it's, it's decent. I would play it again. How often is this game going to hit the table? Probably not too often. You're basically discarding cards to do the actions you need to do. So you either have the cards in your hand that you need or you don't have the cards in your hand. You're trying to advance upon these activity lines and maybe you have to discard a sword to advance on the attack line. Maybe you have to discard a tree to advance on the hiding line. And you want to get to the end of each of these scenario activity lines to move on to the next board. You're going to move through Moria, uh, Helm's Deep, Shelob's Lair, and finally uh, uh, Mordor and Mount Doom. We died uh, right when we got out of Shelob's Lair. Getting out of Shelob's Lair, turning the board over to the Mordor board, uh, we had some things happen that affected us, killed us off. We didn't even get to do the Mordor board. But um, if you haven't checked this game out, it's kind of neat. I like it a lot. Um, It's very cheap now. It's now released by Fantasy Flight, um, so you can pick it up from them. Uh, But it's a pretty decent game. The artwork itself is good enough for me to want to play this game again. Gameplay was decent enough for me to want to play this game again. That's what's going on on my Monday night game night. We want to hear about your Monday night game night. Also, stay tuned for that underrated game in our collections. For now, see you later. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. All right, everyone. Here we go, talking about some underrated games that we have in our collection that we feel are noteworthy or maybe worthy of your collection. Um, The one I want to talk about, I've talked about recently, probably about three or four weeks ago, called Lancaster. Lancaster is a game released by Queen Games. It's a worker placement game and where, where you're in uh, the southern half of England and you're trying to influence the king uh, to become the greatest lord in England alongside the king. And so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be placing your knights out. You start with a level one knight and a level two knight. And those knights can go to different locations in England based upon their level. The level will indicate which locations they can go to. And uh, at those locations, they're either going to be able to build pieces of their castle 
to make their castle bigger. They're going to be able to upgrade themselves as knights, maybe a level 2 to a level 3. Or they're going to be able to add a level 1 knight. Uh, those are just some of the actions, m most of the basic actions that you do in England. <clears throat> then uh, you go to a parliament phase where you use some voting cubes that you may acquire throughout the game to vote on new laws. These new laws are all going to be score mechanics. Um, so you're going to look at those laws and maybe one of them says at the end of the law phase, whoever has the most gold uh, gets two extra victory points or two extra voting tokens for the next round. Three laws are going to be voted upon in each parliament phase and three laws could possibly be kicked out of the current parliament. This is a fantastic element to the game. It is also the game timer as there are only five rounds, so there's going to be three sets of laws uh, five times. And so it's a really, really fun, it's a really, really fun element to a worker placement that I've never seen before. But this voting on these laws. And then finally, you collect your rewards from England. I forgot to mention, one of the things you can do is go down to France with your knights and battle, um, battle in France, which you can also get victory points for doing that. The main ways you score in this game are by having the most knights at the end of the game, so upgrading your knights and keep adding your level 1 knights so you can upgrade and get all the way up to all 8 knights, I think. I think you have 8 in total, ranging from level 4 down to level 1. That's one way to get victory points. Another way to get victory points is by building all your castle pieces. Your castle pieces allow you to do more actions during the game. Um, that's one way that you can get victory points. And you can also invite nobles to your table who are throughout dispersed throughout England. You invite more nobles to your table and they're going to multiply as you put them at your table. The points are going to multiply up to 36 points for having all eight nobles that are in the game. I absolutely love this game. It is gorgeous. The artwork is it's beautiful. It just pops. The colors are vibrant. These wooden tokens that you use for your knights are really quite cool. I love those about the game. Um, there's nice cardboard tiles for the laws. There's nice cardboard tiles for the battles you go to in England. Uh, there's nice cardboard player boards. There's player screens to hide your resources. It is a beautiful game. It is super thematic. Uh, with voting on the laws to become uh, greater in England, going and doing different battles in France to gain favor in the, for the king. It's, I love it. It's an absolute wonderful game. I don't know why there is not as much buzz about this game. I mean, it's older now. It's by Matthias Kramer, who is a great game designer. Um, but you should definitely check this one out. I'm telling you, even in the forums on BGG, there's tons of discussion as to why this game uh, doesn't get the credit it deserves, but it really is a fantastic game. It just kind of goes under the radar. So if you want a good worker placement game that's not too heavy, but beautiful, it's got a historical theme, uh, check out Lancaster by Queen Games. That's my underrated game that I have in my collection. We want to hear about an underrated game in your collection. So uh, chime in, use that voice call-in feature, and we'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to weigh in on the cage fight. Gaia Project versus uh, Terra Mystica. What do you think? Which one's better? Let us know. For now, check you later. Hey everyone, Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyofGames.com. I love the topic that AJ came up with this morning, and that's underrated games. These are games that you think are better than most people think, or maybe hidden gems. 
So mine, the first one that springs to mind for me is a game called In the Shadow of the Emperor. This was published by Rio Grande Games a number of years ago. And it's by a designer named Ralph Burkert, who's done two or three other games, but none of note. I'd never heard of any of them. I'd never played any of them. And so uh, this was kind of his one-hit wonder. And it's fantastic. It's kind of an area control game, but with just craziness. You're basically nobles vying for position in different districts in the Holy Roman Empire. And so the way the game works is each turn you get money, which uh, allows you to buy actions which are that are on cards. So there are all these cards laid out and certain numbers of them based on the number of players. But really, this is a game you want to play with four players. Just It's, it's four, three to four players, but it, you want to play this with four. So there are cards that give you different actions, and each of those cards cost a different amount of your money. So they're kind of like action points, really, more than money. And they allow you to do things like put a noble onto the board into one of the districts, or move one from one district to another. And each of these things that you do, put a knight on the board, knights give you a, a point of influence, but they're more easily displaced, things like that. You can build cities, which give you victory points every turn and give you influence in that in that district, but don't ever move. So you're all trying to jockey to get different points in these districts, and at the end of the year, once everyone's passed and basically run out of money and action points, then there's a a um, you determine who has control of that of that um, district. One of the cool things you can do, and this is something that's completely unique in this game that I've seen, is one of the cards is you employ a doctor. So each of your nobles has um, numbers around each of the four sides, 15, 25, 35, 45. When you place a brand new one onto the board, it comes in at 15, but they age over time. So each turn, it goes from 15 to 25, then 25 to 35, and 40, 35 to 45. After 45, they die because people didn't live very long at that time. And so it's really cool because you can employ a doctor to make your people younger, giving them more time on the board. And you can employ a doctor to increase someone else's time. So if someone has a 45-year-old baron in one of the districts that you want, you employ the doctor, kill the guy. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's it's just a cool, unique mechanism that I love. So... The board's divided into districts. There are four secular districts. There are three religious ones with different rewards for each of them, different rules. A couple cannot... um, The nobles can be married, and I'll explain that in a second. And you flip them over, and now they have... There's a couple, and they have two influence points. But a couple can't be a ruler in a religious district. So there are all these different fun things to think about. Whoever controls each district gets a special ability but they don't get anything else. When you take over a district, you get two victory points, but there's really no benefit of keeping the district other than that ability and keeping it from other players. So you have to determine, do I want to spend my resources to keep this district just to get the special ability and keep it from that guy? So people are constantly taking over districts and you're trying to figure out how many can I take over this turn and it's two victory points for each one. It's so cool. Another cool thing is that Those actions cards that you take, each one is either blue or pink. If you take more blue at the end of the year after you look at what you've done, and if you've taken more blue than pink, you get a brand new single 15 life noble on the board anywhere. So you just get to, you have a baby. 
If you have more pink or an equal number of blue and pink, you have a girl. Girls are married off to other people's nobles. And then that allows them to flip it over to a couple and give them influence. Yes, you're helping them out. But you get victory points from that. Otherwise, you have to send your daughter to a convent and you get money for it. So daughters aren't worth anything except for money and victory points. It's just another layer of this game that sounds crazy. It's so great, so brilliant, so many cool mechanisms in this game. It was underrated. I love this game. You can play it online. Well, you could play it online. I should have checked. You used to be able to play it online at Maybe Web, M-A-B-I Web. Don't know if you still can. It is a fantastic game. Track this game down if you like area control at all. It's aggressive. It, you're messing with people, but that's area control in general. But so many cool ideas in this game. I wish, wish Ralph would come out with a new game because he's obviously got some cool stuff brewing in that head of his. Anyway, In the Shadow of the Emperor is my underrated game. What's yours? We'll talk to you later. Bye. Good afternoon. Chiming in late here, but this is Jeremiah, and I'm with Board Games FM, and I'm here to talk about underrated games. And there's a couple of them that come to mind, in my opinion. Um, One of them is out of print because I feel like it is... Well, uh, the publisher no longer exists, and that's a really long and and actually kind of sad story. But one is Dead Drop, designed by Jason Katarski, published by Crash Games. Uh, Patrick Nickel, who is uh, Crash Games, has uh, gone through some life stuff and is no longer doing the board gaming thing, which is too bad because Crash Games had some really cool stuff. Anyway, Dead Drop is a cool little micro sort of deduction I don't know if I'd say social deduction but definitely a deduction game and uh, the whole object of the game is to figure out what card is the drop, what card is face down on the middle of the table and you do that by there's certain actions you can do to trade cards with people or to exchange cards and it's just a really fun slick, easy to play game if you can get a hold of a copy of it do it because it's so good it plays so fast and so easy. It's great with two, three, or four players. Do it. So there's that one. The other one I'm going to bring up is uh, a game from Devere Games that we discovered at Origins, I guess, two years ago now, I want to say. Yeah, two years ago. And that would be uh, Dungeon Raiders. Dungeon Raiders, in my opinion is one of, if not the best, cutthroat co-op game there is. The whole game is designed around the fact that you're going through five levels of a dungeon. Each level consists of cards. Now, some cards are face up, some cards come out face down, so sometimes you can see what's coming up, sometimes you can't. But the whole thing is, is everybody has the same cards in their hand. You have like a one through five power card in your hand, but the warrior might have a sword, the wizard might have uh, a magic ball or whatever to look into, and there's ways that you can also get those cards. There's a thief and things like that that can open up chests, and all of those things help you defeat 
things that are in the rooms that you're coming up against or get treasure or whatever it is. But there's the whole mechanism works that you have to beat the monsters that you come up against. But if you don't and you put the lowest powered card in, then you're the one that takes the damage, not everybody else. And then there's traps that work the opposite way, that if you don't pass it and you put the highest one in, then you take some damage. It's really, really cool. It is by far, like I said, I think it's probably one of the best cutthroat co-op games there is. Because at the end of the game, whoever has the most gold and who survives wins. So uh, you want to survive, you want to get through, but you also want to get more gold and you want other people to die off really really fun little game it's it's a little like single deck game that they produced uh it's it's a little older but it is fantastic so those are my two underrated games check them out if you get a chance to dead drop might be harder to find nowadays but it is great and it's worth it um I'm hoping, I don't know, maybe Katarski, because he runs Green Couch Games now, maybe he'll be able to secure the rights to it so he can publish it under that label because it needs to be out in the wilds more prevalently, in my opinion. And Dungeon Raiders, go check out Devere Games. They've got a lot of really, in my opinion, uh, Devere Games is actually probably one of the most underrated publishers uh, in general. They've got some really cool games, some really great Euros things like that uh anything from fillers to pretty medium heavyweight euros so there it is i've talked way too long about this i'll be back with more here on board games fm i'm jeremiah isley stay tuned thanks for joining us today board games fm is powered by theologyofgames.com Don't forget to head over to TheologyOfGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.